This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 22. Welcome to the Wizards Nightshirt. This is episode number 22. I'm Will, and here with me are escaped convict Scott, wanted by the people for poking dragons with sticks. That's right. <laughs> I poke them all. <laughs> Hello. And Rebecca, the nastiest criminal of them all, for leaving just a little bit of drink in the pitcher uh, so that it's somebody else's responsibility for filling it up. That ain't no crime. No jury will convict me. <laughs> Hello. You guys doing good? <laughs> I guess. A lot better now. Okay. <laughs> I also wanted to share with everybody that I think everybody's real comfortable here because I was convinced that I needed to change my t-shirt, which was also going to bum everybody out again. It was way <laughs> too small. That's You don't need no details, but it's just way too small, and everybody's going to be very upset. We, we, we have in our house is a pass. Does it pass the raised arm test? If you, <laughs> if you hold your arms up like a touchdown, do you see your belly? <laughs> I would have failed. Or passed. I'm not sure what you're going for. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I'm going for Nazi in the belly because then it's too small for the... You'd be like, oh, you got to retire yeah. that shirt. See, that's yeah. like a tip for you for a human being thing. Like, you don't understand about clothes. You don't know from clothing. It's a, you, you, you either have to, like, cut it off so you have the midriff, uh-huh. or you, yeah, you just retire it. See, I think... It's like a workout shirt then. I think it's like Rip my off the sleeves. prisoner rags. Like, I just started the story, and I get these for free, and so I'm not too concerned about what's, them. What's on it? What was on the shirt? Stains. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like a logo or something. No, it was just a t-shirt. Just a t-shirt? Yeah, it was a little... little I guess you call it an undershirt, but I don't like calling it that. <laughs> well, well. Okay, then. Uh, speaking of shirts, at the Wizard's Night shirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're revisiting, or reviewing, She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 11, The Peril of Whispering Woods. The air date was September 20th, 1985. And in this episode, Prince Zed, the son of Horde Prime, is touched by the camaraderie of the Great Rebellion, rethinks the mission of the evil Horde. So I would like to ask the group, when we're thinking about defecting and good and bad, when you're playing video games, especially role-playing games, or maybe real-life role-playing games, or tabletop role-playing games, do you like to be the bad guy or the good guy? Do you go evil or good, since that's a big deal in video games these days? I'm more like a vigilante, so good-bad maybe? Okay. All right. So you're sort of an opportunist, like whatever. Do you have a moral code or you just do whatever's the most fun? Yeah. Yeah. I have a moral code. Yeah. Uh, would I have slaves in my army or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I would not. Probably. <laughs> okay. What What would you do that's not completely on the up and up? Well, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd bend the law to, to my group's will, I would assume. Okay. You know, just, just, just enough to where it would, you, you would still be... In favor of most people, but not in favor of those people, probably. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you think that your your party knows what's best for the world, and you're and you're just going to do what you think is right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Rebecca, good or bad? I am always good, and I can't not be good, and it makes me so upset because I basically <laughs> just play the game like a nerd, and I'm like myself, but in the game, but just like following all the rules like a good kid, and it just makes me so upset. Well, we were talking Have about... You- so go ahead. Go so ahead. Hey, have you tried to play the bad guy? I it's tried. hard to do. It's hard I've, to I've do. Because I've tried that too. I, it's hard. If you want to, to see another part of the game, yeah. well, yeah, and like, and I have even specifically, like, I remember when I played um, Fallout Three. Actually, it was I tried to do like all of the bad things so I could get all of the achievements because I was playing it on console and. I, I just, I felt bad. Like, I had to make a character who looked like a bad guy. Like, I made him look like a bro. Like, and gave him terrible facial hair. Because I'm like, this is not me blowing up Megaton. This is somebody else. Like, no, I can't. But I can't do it. It's just like me going out there. And, like, it's just like me. When I play Fallout 4, I can only ever take dog meat out. Because it's just like my real dog in the real stupid world. I cannot have another companion. It's just me and my dumb dog running around biting turrets. And it's ridiculous, and I don't like it. See, we were talking a little bit before the show about the Dungeons Dragons alignment. I would argue, though, you're more chaotic good. I remember I, when well, I, know. I remember when you were playing Mass I'm Effect. I'm not a bad person. You may be good, but you were doing things that I would not do. Like you were hanging up on on the council. You don't hang up on the council. They made me mad. Okay, I, I remember I gasped when she said, "Turn off the turn off the calm," and then, the, and then the, their hologram went away. Like, that's the council. What are you doing? You're, are you mad? And then I'd never played that whole series, but I was already mad. It was it was it Ashley Williams because yeah. she said, "Don't touch her." When she's like, like you're like locked in that column of like light, and they uh-huh. have you paralyzed. She's like, "Don't try to help her." And I was like, "I'm gonna remember that." She said, "Don't help her." Oh yeah, and there's a I decision like, later. It's like, decision. who's gonna live, Ashley or Caden? Like Ashley, Ashley. I know it's a Ashley, hard decision. Like, I know it's Ashley, a hard decision. Ashley, 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 Ashley. She's the one. Brave, brave sacrifice. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> like I know, but that's yeah. different though. I, I can't tell you, and I can't tell you why, because like in the games, I would even follow the rules of the game for what was considered mm-hmm. okay if I really wanted something. Like in my favorite game of all time, which is Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Fight me, everybody. I don't care. Love Dagger it. falls better. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but um, like in as a nineties game. In in that game, you if you wanted, say, someone's house. You could get it lawfully by taunting them into attacking you, and then they would attack you, and then you could kill them, and then just like have their house. <laughs> and like technically, that was a okay thing to do. Like that wasn't illegal. The guards didn't come after you. It wasn't a murder. You were just like you just like walk into somebody's house, and you're like, "Hey, you suck. You suck. <laughs> I hate you." And then they're like, "You NY," and then bam, and then you have a house. So anyway, I don't know. I'm not a good person, but I am at video games. Why are you asking me? I was I would say I would say the same thing. I keep playing it the same way every time. I played Mass Effect like four different times, and I keep telling myself every time it's going to be different, and I make the same choices because you you do what you want to do. Follow them, get them. So the rebels are no threat, Uncle. Prince Zed is grappling with these same issues. He's not. Well, didn't seem to be grappling very hard, but anyway, he was he was easy he was easy enough to convert. And the episode begins with him accompanying the horde on a trip to transfer some taxes that they just collected from some poor little village. Yes, 
And they have some evil Sea-Doo's that they're on, which have Horde insignia on them, and they look great. Yeah, there's some uh, flying little uh, Segway-looking things, and they have some... um, like news vans and some tanks and some trucks. It's a pretty impressive convoy. I do. I, I do like the, the the. I would call them like sky chariots. So yeah, they look oh, like a chariot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good designs. They look properly evil. I do like his outfit. The 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 prince. It's oh, a it's yeah. a nice uh, nice uh, young boy horde outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's a respectable tunic. It looks like something you could see like a like a little um Roman princeling wear or something. Yeah, they're really fond of showing leg in Etheria <laughs> and it was at least not so much of a bummer as some of the outfits are. You know, it's well put together as far as that area Although goes. later in the episode he is flying on one of the horde chariots. And like the way they had to animate his little tunic rippling, I'm I'm just like that. Just that's not a good look, and I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Like he's gonna have a disaster, and then everyone's gonna see underpants, and we just don't need to see that. Okay. So <laughs> with, with with I, I was I was thinking about like since his he's Horde Prime's son. Yeah, let's talk and about that. And then that's his uncle, like uh, Hordex's uncle. Hordex's uncle. Um, do you think that Hordak one time looked looked like a normal person like him with a little <laughs> bit longer know. ears? And he kind of just like they made him into the, with that armor. I don't know. It's just it's weird to think about because you're like, so as a young boy, was Hordak that? And they put him in that armor, and then he just kind of like stayed there. I'm going to guess. Would be cool. I'm going to guess Darth Vader situation. Yeah, also. I, yeah, I, I, that's, yeah. That's uh, yeah. So I'm assuming. So I, I I guess after a certain point. Like, does everybody turn into that? Or just, like, horde people? Because he had very much, um, the prince had, like, very much, like, pig-like Yeah! Now that you say that, I think that's true. Interesting. They had the elfin ears and the pig-like nose, so they could be from the same um, race. That's interesting. Yeah, he's just kind of like um, bio, like, biotech, I don't know, like, um, biotic armor that gets on him? And that's how he's Hordak? I don't know. Maybe so. I mean, his castle's pretty awesome, so yeah. I, I mean, they, they know their tech. So to uh, clarify a little bit, uh, the prince, uh, Prince Zed, is the son of Horde Prime, who is in charge of Hordak, and Hordak is his uncle. Yes, and this is the first time we have known that there is anyone beyond Hordak in terms of power. Mm-hmm. And I was delighted to see Prince Zed appear because I love like petulant little rulers. Me too. It's one I of my it. favorite things in a story. If they are smarmy and they've got like a little hairdo and they're like, mm, father, like I love it. My favorite kind of character. <laughs> and so you see him at the beginning. You're like, oh, who's this little turd? And it's great. Like I loved him. I loved him. In the whole episode, he was great. He was great when he was mean, and then he was great when he did his baby face turn. Yeah, he was pretty. He, he was pretty likable. And right off the bat, we know this is going to be a heavy lore episode, which I love. So, so that was that was pretty neat. And we never actually get to see Horde Prime in this episode, but it's nice to know that he exists. I knew that this Horde Prime character existed uh, before we started watching it, but I haven't seen what he looks like. I know. He appears in the Christmas special, so at Christmas we'll know what he looks like for sure. Oh, what a Christmas gift for us all. (laughs) I can't wait. In the meantime, I'm just picturing him like, um, who was it, Claw in Inspector Gadget? Uh-huh. Where you, all you see is the arm on the yeah. chair. Yeah. That's what I'm, and the kitty cat. And the cat. Yeah. That's, what that's what I'm envisioning right now. But yeah, um, just real quick so we get this out of the way. Um, this episode 
I really, really enjoyed this. Me I'll too. just go ahead and stay straight off the bat. In like this episode is straight up political, mm-hmm. like straight, like there is a direct. It's clearly commentary on like chemical warfare. Mm-hmm. Clearly, and I was once again taken aback by how sophisticated that device could be used, like like in like in a children's show. But I mean, the, clearly, it was very analogous to. Like the uh, chemical weapon, they even called this poison uh, like it was the poison of Kandahar. I don't want to get too far ahead of, of oh, ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, there are some real world parallels that can have been drawn from it, and I am just kind of delighted by the fact that they did that. You know, mm-hmm. this episode is straight up commenting on the world around us, and like, props to them for doing that. Yeah, it was real. Um, it was it was really strong. And- you can sell toys and make a point at the same time. Because I would buy a little Prince Zed today. Yeah. Well, at, at, at this point, I think with the Shira, you know, they already established that they could sell toys and they could sell them well, and so they could actually make a they could actually make a point or a difference now, which yeah. is good. Which is actually they're using the device in a good way. Yeah. One thing they can't make though: more boots for Mantena. Why? <laughs> he still got two Why shoes. does he only have two boots? I noticed it again. He has this no episode. feeling in those, so he just they just flop around. Is it like standard issue outfits? Like the horde will give you one pair of boots, one tunic. If you don't, if you have more than that, you're just out of luck. I think two of his feet are normal, and two of them have claws, and so he can't find boots that fit the other ones. No, like they put Khajiit. little booties on them or something. <laughs> just <laughs> little like, covers, like bread. <laughs> little covers, like a little toaster cover. Yeah, you don't, for you don't your get kitchen. rocks cutting them up and stuff. <laughs> Swim shoes. That's what he's on. <laughs> just don't know, old Maki. Those hordesmen took all my equipment. I don't know how I'll cut all this grain. What I be? Who's doing that? So the, the rebellion is watching this convoy of the horde come through with all that tax money, and they're setting up an ambush, and they have the little twiggets uh, dig a hole so that the first truck in the convoy falls in it, and then they have uh, a bunch of uh, back up and fender benders with the rest of the convoy. Yeah, yeah, they uh, dispatch them all pretty neatly, I suppose. And we have our bummer villagers, um, who I love. I do love seeing the villagers who were being oppressed. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of any episode of She-Ra. And this, this guy at the beginning, he is a farmer. Mm-hmm. And all of his farming equipment has just been taken by the Horde, although the Horde demands tribute to be paid in grain, which is terrible and sad and hilarious. And he's, like, lamenting to his horse, like, Well, old Maki, I don't know how we're going to pay those taxes. And I'm like, oh. And then luckily Shira has reaping powers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Do, 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 do you think her horse is like chomping on it and he's like biting it off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. When she when she like flew in like like a dervish or whatever, it's just like spirit is just like. <laughs> the, I, I like how the farmer was equally impressed but not impressed because he was like i have never seen the field harvest itself in 20 years like it might have been a possibility right every 25th year (laughs) it may happen it's like a really rainy season it's rare when that happens (laughs) (laughs) and then uh zed starts taunting his uncle hordak and uh tells him that uh horde prime would not approve of how much trouble he's having with the rebels Sir. The way to put an end to 
when we get back to the castle, we find that Shadow Weaver has been working on a poison that she found, that she heard tell of in a book, that she was careful to tell us she had just attained this book. Like, she just checked it out from the library, okay? Well, I like that, because you <laughs> want to know, like, why hadn't she done this before? Right. She just found it. Yeah, she's like, Patient. so anyway. Yeah, and she, I, I love seeing her there, working on her stuff. She doing had a some cool magic. little evil evil magic lab. Yeah. And she had, like, a little uh, creepy bird named Styrax. And yeah. It was cool. Well, buzzard with a mohawk. Because that's a bad guy haircut. Everyone has to have a mohawk <laughs> around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in the 80s. Yeah. Like the Frank Miller Batman villains. They all have mohawks and lead pipes and leather vests. Which Friday the 13th was it? Oh, where yeah. the kids get tormented by legitimate adults who were dressed as like punks. Or yeah, they're what supposed they to be like a teen punks. gang, but it's just like grown people coming to assault them. Yeah, and then they all get killed by Jason. So anyway, I don't remember which one that is. Ah, it's two or three. <laughs> yeah, two or th- That also sums up all of them Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Well, it had to be in a city setting, right? No, it was, uh, it was the one with the barn. It was in a barn, yeah. There was some barn hanging, I, I recall. Yeah. Mm. Again, again, we 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 have established we need to rewatch all. We of those. need to pay more attention. We really, we really can't keep track of those really well. So that poison she's making is this uh, black solution that she calls poison of Kandahar, and you were mentioning she specifically mentioned this. Ah, uh, Kandahar is a place. Yes. So that was really interesting to me that they bothered just to go ahead and use the word. I mean, right? It sounded mystical, but it was mm-hmm. really. Um, I think it was supposed to evoke the uh, chemical warfare um, waged by Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I just going to bring that up. Yeah. I, yeah. I pretty, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that's on the nose. And um, it is, it was an interesting choice. It really was. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a cartoon like that just straight up use a, use a, a place I guess they're thinking like, well, the internet's not around yet. A lot of people don't even know this is a real place. <laughs> I, I believe before the internet, everyone just sat around and said, "Well, the internet's not here yet." So look, unless they've got, uh, <laughs> do you think it's like a nod to the parents, kind of? Like if I don't there's know. actually parents watching it, because kids would never understand. Or satisfying that. themselves as a piece of art. Yeah, I don't maybe know. so. Yeah. It's like, well, if they don't have a Funkin' Wagnalls encyclopedia set, they'll never know this anyway. <laughs> I do like I had a to, world book. I, we did too. <laughs> world book. I remember I had a friend who was begging to come study at my house because he's like, "All we have is Funkin' Wagnalls. You have a world book." Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Did that happen? Yes. That's funny. <laughs> there was encyclopedia quality differences, people. We 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 had uh, yeah. Well, we had like 1968 or something like that version, and you're just like, I can't in the in the in the early. Or the late 80s, you can't be doing book reports with a 30-year-old <laughs> encyclopedia. My, my report is on phrenology. And teacher, I noticed that you have a criminal aspect to your skull shape. <laughs> like, very good, little Scott. <laughs> you need to go to the library and use the newer encyclopedias. Exactly. I didn't know anything. I didn't know that people landed on the moon. <laughs> a woman became a doctor at some point. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, this is actually a good plan. I mean, like, you know, it mm-hmm. is an evil plan, but it's, it is a good plan because if they can't, you know, get the rebellion any other way, they're like, well, hey, these woods are enchanted and we can kill the magic with this poison. And so we are going to just smoke them out, essentially. Yeah, and... 
the rebellion uh, figures this out by doing a little scouting, and they actually have like a map of the woods that they show for a minute. I love that. I love seeing. I love seeing the the breadth of their area, and they get into some detail about the horde's suspected plan, which is to um, attack the edges of the woods that are most vulnerable, and then they are going to work their way in and find the actual uh, encampment. Yeah, and I mean, this is a real threat with real stakes. Mm-hmm. Like I was impressed by. You know how uh, how grave the stakes were in this episode. I was surprised by how dark it got when the yes. jet mobiles flew over with the gases, and uh, Adora says something like, "Don't breathe the gas." Yeah, it was pretty no, ghastly. It really was. I mean, and and again, like I shouldn't. I'm I'm really happy because for every silly episode we've had where there's like, oh, it's the rebels' mm-hmm. fair, and I'm like, kill me. Like then we have something like this where I am legitimately blown away by how sophisticated and dark uh-huh. you know this otherwise lighthearted cartoon with conjured up pancakes you know <laughs> could get and freaking looky who should have been a victim of that chemical <laughs> right. attack well but was not <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm sorry that's just did you dark. see me ah. <laughs> <laughs> We saw you looking. I feel like a terrible person for for wishing ill upon this. Well, we're gonna character. we're gonna pretend there are no parallels. We're just taking the sh- the show on its own terms. Okay, yes. on its own terms. You know. Why why was Lucky not poisoned by that? Yeah, I'm not even sure. It hurt the twiggets. Why? But what is Lucky's physiology? Yeah, we fi- after after the um, attack, they see a lot of the plant life shrivel up. Uh, Madame Raz says she can't fix it because she has to have a sample of the actual poison, which I thought was actually pretty interesting uh, from a plot perspective. Yeah, well, she, yeah. yeah, I mean, it would make sense. To, like, like if you think about actually finding a um, the chemical warfare and stuff like that, you you would need an antidote mm-hmm. and you need a piece of the actual mm-hmm. virus or whatever that they're getting out. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. And Glimmer starts getting a little a little wild. She she starts talking about this darn poison and cuz she's upset the twiggets are getting sick as the as the uh woods are getting sicker. And uh then uh they start talking about what options they have and uh she and uh Adora says even if I turn into She-Ra it'll make no difference. I was like, "Dang, yeah, that's got real that dark." that is really grim because again, you know, in any episode of He-Man, the stakes are never high because it's like, well, we've got the second most powerful sword that will get absorbed by your <laughs> right. sword, He-Man. But like here, you can be the most powerful person, you know, in, in your zone and there are some things that you can't help. And that is a beautifully sad lesson, but it's it's real like i'm i'm getting a little emotional uh, here like, or at seriously. least you're not gonna be able to solve it with magic this is gonna be a, a thing where human beings are going to have to talk you know yeah, well, and, yeah. He, and he-man walks in can i punch something yeah. and you're like no he-man man that would have been can't punch something for this episode yeah right yeah this, this is not a he-man type problem this is a sophisticated she-were type problem it is a sophisticated problem Well, if we were worried about it getting too serious, luckily we cut immediately to <laughs> the Horde Tower and Catra is playing Dunking Booth with it's villagers. A, it's the carnival. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was hilarious they picked Catra out of everybody to throw the ball. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, we are always, com- like, when we complain about She-Ra, like, in an episode, we're like, oh, I want to see more of the Horde. Like, mm-hmm. this is exactly the kind of stuff that we want to see when we want to see more of them. I want to see them up to shenanigans and 
Hordak pounding a table and laughing and yeah. so forth. Yeah, he was properly evil. And Prince Zed was in uh, great truculent form here. And he was talking about, I want to go on the raid tomorrow or I shall be crossed. This is no vacation. <laughs> right? Why well, can't a vacation where you can't go on a raid with your <laughs> uncle? That's no fun. Uncle, I will go on this raid. So when they do the raid, the rebellion is ready this time, and they have some really cool defensive. They got catapults or little ballistas, I guess they're called, or something, where they shoot the giant arrows, and they have uh, uh, giant birds with nets uh, in She-Ra <laughs> also. Yeah, her. Uh, the birds with the nets actually take down the prince. He, he, fall, he falls off his jet thing, and Katra calls off the attack. Yep, and so they, they all get away, and then, of course, we've got this prisoner of war again. That was also weird. A really, really... It's a great plot. This is like a perfectly serviceable fantasy novel. Yes! And so here, you know, instantly, even like Glimmer's out for blood. She's like, he hurt the Whispering Woods, let's get him! Yeah, they but were all ready to like, kill all, that boy. They were all ready to inflict torture on this innocent child, on the innocent, like, Glimmer you know, was out for blood, child. like, Shiro she was. was saying, we won't, we won't be evil for evil, and Glimmer says, but, but she's like he, arguing with her, like, <laughs> but she, she hurt the Twickets! Yeah, like, this is... Uh, she got uh, the blood eye. She did, yeah. Glimmer. These are, these are her kids. These are kids that are just, they're going after. That's true. And I can see she, how she she wants blood for blood, right? And then you know, Shira, she even like she's so adamant about how you know you don't return evil with evil. Mm-hmm. She's so adamant about it that it goes into like holier than thou territory. I'm like, okay, Shira, calm down. That's a little. That's a little. It is the know. honor of Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, she it wants is the honor. honor. It is the honor of Grayskull. But when we're talking about those parallels to real life, this is obviously the code that the allies are supposed to follow. You know, we wouldn't do chemical warfare in exchange for that. You know, people have a trial. We don't hurt children, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so it pays off instantly in the episode because Zed comes around to the rebellion like super duper fast. He was just like, oh, I see. You're nice. Okay. Well, I think it mattered who he woke up to. Like, if he had woken up to Sprocker, like, hey, how you doing? He'd be like, poison, poison, poison. But uh, he woke up to, like, She-Ra, and he's like, are you an an angel? angel? I started laughing out loud when I heard that. I'm like, what is happening? Take it down a notch, Zed. (laughs) I mean, I know he grew up in the Fright Zone, but come on. Adora was there. And, (laughs) and, you know, Bo is behind her. Oh, that's a good line. I got to remember that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were going to see Sprague's hairy shoulders. No. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's the beautiful face of the rebellion. Yeah, so Adora is doing a little more despairing, and uh, Zed comes back and says he'll help, and uh, he has a plan. And rem- remind me, for the sake of me not running my mouth so much, what is the plan? Maybe I should have run out. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't it like he's gonna he's gonna basically just blackmail Hordak, uh-huh. right? He's gonna be like, "Hey, if you don't stop burning the Whispering Woods, then I'm gonna tell my uncle that you let me get captured." Yes. Yeah, essentially, Daddy. Daddy, I'm da- daddy. Tell my daddy. right? I would tell my daddy <laughs> that you let me get captured. Yeah, that was the plan. I mean, it was almost like a little Game of Thrones plot. It was funny. He sent his little signet ring with it for authenticity. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that all did happen, mm-hmm. didn't it? I was fixated on just like a minor detail because when they're getting ready to go for like the, the raid or like the 
confrontation where you see Catra again and I notice that she's got this great high ponytail and her <laughs> and her ponytail color matches her cape. I noticed that too. I like and her I, cape. I like her cape too. And I was just the thinking cape's the color of what her cat she turned into. And the cape is the color of the cat and is also the color of her ponytail. And I'm like, this is just really good fashion advice for anybody. If you want it to look like you have longer, beautifuler hair than what you have, you can match your ponytail to your cape. Yeah, we, we already established she has some great eye eye makeup, too. Oh, yeah. She's she's just, like, got all the fashion looks. At what age do you stop assuming that the length of your hair corresponds to your girl powers? I don't know. Older than it should be. <laughs> 12? No, like 20. <laughs> when did I get my hair cut shoulder length? Well, no, I just let you sometimes... When you like, have, when, like when, uh, is after you have kids, you have to get it cut real short. That is, that is right? also a thing that happens, yes. though, because hair maintenance is like no joke, you know? But it is ridiculous, I would like to say, because we really do have this stupid conception of like long hair being like... It's like, oh, that's the source of your lady power. Like, I... Okay, on one hand, I get it because long hair is beautiful. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a story you will get on no other podcast. But when me and my sister were, like, super little, I was super duper little, we would see Crystal Gale on TV. <laughs> okay, Crystal Gale, for those of you who don't know, which will probably be many I of don't. you. Okay, Crystal Gale, Scott, was a country who melded to pop singer in the late 70s, early 80s, and she got famous because she's Loretta Lynn's cousin, all right? So she's like country cred, okay. but then she got like, she sang that Just You and I song, Just You and I. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Sharing yeah. love together. Right. Okay, but her gimmick was, it wasn't enough to be a singer and to be related to Loretta Lynn. She needed something else to give her like one more tick up, yeah. okay? And she had long, beautiful hair, and it like went down to her ankles, and that was her thing. You see her on TV, and she's got this long, beautiful hair, and that's like the fact about Crystal Gale. That's like Cousin It. It, but it, but cousin, it, but beautiful. My 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 mom used to have hair past her butt. That almost must have to been, her, almost to her knees. That sound like that must have been a lot of work. I'm sure. Yes, I'm yes. sure it was. Yeah. So like, because we you used could to store see, items in there. I mean, it was it was <laughs> enough to make Crystal Gale f- paddle famous. If you have long, beautiful hair, you're not going to put a whooping paddle in it. Obviously, I'm just, I'm just trying to think when when she actually cut it. It was probably when you were doing something bad with your He-Man figures, and you got like... Oh no, it was it was before, way they before. They were appealing from they, her hair. Way before that. <laughs> way before that. Yeah. She's, no, she's she's had short hair for a long time. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd have to look at a bag of pictures. I think it was I think she cut it after like high school, so it would have been around in the seventies. Okay. Okay. I mean, like it it was a thing because Crystal Gale was famous based on her hair alone. Essentially, I would say. We used to pretend, like, my sister and I would get, like, t-shirts or clothing or whatever. We tied around our hair, and we would, like, pretend like we had really long hair. We'd be like, look at me, I'm Crystal Gale. And so, anyway, I'm just saying that this this myth that the hair is the source of your power, it's it's we understand why this is, like, such a thing. And then also, I think a lot of people don't understand how hair works if they've never had long hair. It's very hard to maintain long hair. And then a lot of women who have long hair now, they have extensions. And that's easier to grow because it's fake hair and you don't grow it and it's just clipped into your hair. Long hair powers, I don't know. That was a very long, like, diversion. But Catra in her ponytail and her ponytail matching the cloak, that's just a good look. 
We're still talking about He-Man? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that ship sailed long ago. Uh-huh. I knew it. Y- y- you know what the poison is? No, but I know what it is. Well, it's part of the bargain that Prince <laughs> Prince Zed has struck with, H- with Hordak. Hordak has to show up at the Whispering Wood and agree not to conduct any more raids and stop the poison. Mm-hmm. The rebellion's whispering things about how they can't trust them. But Madame Raz is very industrious and goes and extracts a sample of the poison from one of their gas tanks or something. She does. Madame Raz is like totally like stepping up for the team. I'm I'm into it. And she so now she can uh she can derive a transforming spell because <laughs> she knows what it is. Um and it's kind of interesting you get a little bit of story development from Zed as he leaves. He said he's not ready to join the rebellion yet, but he says when he grows up and takes over Horde World that um, he, he, he could be a good ruler and he'd be friends with She-Ra, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that he still has to play the politics and he can't just quite convert all the way yet. It's but, true. It wouldn't go over well. Yeah, but it's actually probably more... More uh, valuable to have an investment there, knowing that they could just wait it out. That's true. And but then he's probably just going to get home, and then like something good comes on TV, and then he's like, "I'll just be evil again." He'll probably forget about it. <laughs> I don't know. Or his yeah, his house servants will get him stuff, and he's like, "I I like this life better." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Madame Raz is able to create one of those um, transformation spells with the poison and uh, she puts it back in uh, the horde's little gas tank or something. And so when the horde comes by again, because Hordak lied, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> He couldn't wait to double cross everyone. <laughs> yeah, he starts spraying the woods again, but it actually starts uh, making everything grow. And then it was all good again. And everyone flew away on their chariots. Something, something, something. Then I stopped taking notes. I don't know. But it all turned so, out. So he, he basically sprayed everything and then regrew everything that he just killed. Yeah, and then the, all the peasants, uh, some with pants, some without pants, started cheering. There were not a lot of pants. There were not a lot of pants on those Well, peasants. the prince wasn't wearing pants either. Did you catch that? He was wearing, it's like a skirt almost. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you're going to wear uh, a pretty busy, well-appointed top, you definitely need pants or it looks like you're just wearing underpants. If you're going to do the underpants look, the, your your top situation needs to also be pretty primitive to pull that off, I think. You think so? Yeah. yeah I don't you think, know. You think if you wore uh, um, a less primitive thing to work, then you could you could get away with not wearing pants? I think on Fridays. <laughs> on Fridays, yeah. <laughs> no pants Friday. Yeah. Maybe it was just Friday and that's why these villagers didn't have pants. <laughs> I was I was concerned when they when they had their little yeah they the the rabble I was like wow there's not a lot of pants going on there you 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 should try wearing jeggings to work because you're allowed to wear jeans on Fridays <laughs> and see see if you can get away with it well I'm just gonna draw lines on my legs like a depression era stockings there you go you just spray you spray paint your legs blue that would be that would be upsetting for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's wearing a, long, a longer shirt. It's all right. Oh, he's wearing, he's wearing his work tunic. Just don't pick anything up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the work tunic's a good idea, actually. Uh, so Lucky uh, shows up again, and uh, again, very very disconcerting. Like just so, it's such a distraction, and it's just so jarring. 
after this episode. Like, you know, I don't want to see you, Lucky. You're not part of this world. I will say his hiding place was fair this time. He was. He, you could actually <laughs> find him where he was. He wasn't completely obscured by something. So credit to Lucky. He was playing. If Lucky was immune to the poison in the Whispering Woods, that means Lucky is evil and is in <laughs> on the evil plan, or is not of this planet. Right. Lucky is not to be trusted. Okay. He said something about, you know, it's nice to be nice. Be nice is pretty much his, his yeah, lesson. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even take any notes on the lesson. I I was just, I rejected everything about it. Was it was it just be nice? Do you remember what Loki's lesson no. was? I, 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 I actually stopped it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, there I'm he done. is. Oh, okay. I'm done. Sorry. Get out of here, Loki. Sorry. I guess I should watch it. Uh, I'm look- also I'm also a little mad that Loki gets to even come in here and give us lessons at all. Loki was not struggling with the rest of us, okay? Loki was not trying to save his brethren from chemical attacks. Loki is just hiding out, being a turd. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm I just get angry about Loki every time, just irrationally. So, well, Loki, notwithstanding. I'm going to rate this episode pretty high. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say this was super high quality. And it was, I mean, we talked about how there was a lot of substance to it. But even just uh, objectively, story-wise, it was well put together. And it was heavy lore. And we got to hear about Horde Prime. I'm going to go 4.5 on this one. 4.5... Dunking booths. <laughs> I'm gonna say four point six because I really did. I really, I really applaud them doing such a interesting topic mm. and still making it appropriate for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it must have the first time I first time I saw it and before I talked to you guys and stuff like that, I felt like um, it had a lower score than I was I'm gonna give it, but. Um, the, the the thing is, is I I took it as a cartoon, and I I didn't really I didn't really think about the the moral situations and everything else um, beforehand. You but, don't have to. But they didn't come no, across I know, I know. But but put it, putting things together, it seems like the writers did a good job of connecting those things, and maybe my maybe it was just my little kid brain. That was it was stuck in. But also, we have a soft spot for spoiled princelings. That is yeah, true. no, he was, he was good. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, it's 4.4. Okay. That was All a right. long, long, sorry, long to get to the point. But, yes. Did, it was good. It was a good episode. It it, it was. Uh, did Prince Zed have a Cristala? What was his hair situation? I didn't oh, pay attention. I think it was just pretty well combed. <laughs> I think it was all right. But it, no, it, it, was, it was short. It, it was short. It kind of curved over his ears a little bit. It was almost a Cristala. It was like an 80s boy's haircut. It was all right. Okay. You know, I was thinking, I don't know if it's... I think it. I I don't know if it would be possible for Sheeter to get a f- a perfect five. I think we're always going to dock uh, a tenth of a point just for, for Lookie's appearance. So oh yeah. It'll be a po- impossible for Sheeter to get a five as long as Lookie's there. Lookie's going to be there, so it's the impossible. One day they'll get dream. a four point nine. This was pretty close. It was a good episode. I think I, I think I did before one of the fir- fir- first five arc. I think I gave one of those pretty high. Yeah, that was before Lookie showed up. This is true. And those we may episodes... have to retroactively rate them higher for when there is no Lookie. Lookie, you're ruining it all. Yeah, there'll be a um a, a Lookie uh, adjustment we'll have to make. <laughs> it wouldn't Lookie be hard scale. just to take him out of the episode. You just if you just pretended Lookie wasn't there, yeah. then it would change everything. You're like, that's just a flower. He's all right. <laughs> it's time for production notes. It's really me. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs>
I just wanted to let you know that you can connect with the show on Facebook, Twitter, or our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also download the show on iTunes. If you haven't already, you can sign up for our newsletter where we share news about the show and weird He-Man stuff from all across cyberspace. It's pretty good, actually. You can sign up for it on Facebook or on our website. If you have a question or comment for the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. And now, back to the show. All right, well, that's our show for today. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember where Mantena's other boots are because he needs them. Tonight, kick tonight, lazy all night, and the gun.